and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Tuesday, August 17th. In this episode, are you ready, Mike? We have merch! And week one is in the books. New Boys Brentford smash. Arsenal, Chelsea, and Liverpool cruise. But first, Mike, we had a douchico, and it uh, was in... Uh, it was pretty good for you. But not it was good. a lot of fun. I'm glad not you me. had a good time. Um, <laughs> I did not have a good time. Fine, I find it funny that, you know, Manchester City has a heck of a time in North London. In fact, there's been four games at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium between Tottenham and Manchester City. And Manchester City have not found the back of the net at all. This is oh, something we really failed. Oh, please. 69 shots without a yep. goal. Yep. To your life. And so 15. So so two of these games uh were Mourinho Masterclass. I believe they were both 2-0, um, where we would get two shots, smash, two goals, smash and, and smash and grabs. Um well not they this, were controlled. This the was, was not the, was the that. Sissoko, one was the Sissoko Hoiberg one where they were in the channels the whole time. It, fine. This was not but, that. This no. was a this was a bar fight. This was for 90 minutes awesome. and, and granted there were stretches where where each team was better but like it was it was an incredible game to watch for a, a number of reasons um but mainly because amidst all of the Kane speculation all of the, the 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 second the game started it didn't matter right the pomp and circumstance city being the champions it the 11 men on the field for Tottenham were angry and they had a point to <laughs> prove. Uh, um, it was awesome. Yeah. I haven't seen that very, amount of spirit. It was very – wow, look who showed up. It's Pochettino Spurs. Yeah, well, yeah. I look mean, at, I haven't seen that. 2015-16 Spurs show up. Yeah. Delhi leading the charge. Now, there's no Ericsson. There's none of that. It was much more a, a physical, strong, hard-running group effort it was very wolves it was very nuno it was mm-hmm. it was you know he's a he's a good coach and maybe we're gonna find out that hey yeah year four was a hard time but his first year at wolves they won the league by a lot and it yes it was all portuguese but spurs were good i mean i do i will give credit to city the first 15 minutes or 12 minutes it was it was looking rough you guys were on the ropes in trouble oh, of course. uh Grealish and and sterling were really good but your boy and here, Mark, first hero of the day, Tanganga was just like Jaffa Tanganga. He played a fucking full on. Um, he was he was just totally fucking Stalingrad out there. And so the let me Germans, let me wax we, we, Manchester City were knocking on the door, and he just held the line with so, anything he could. He fought. He fouled. He did anything, and they let him. Let me talk about the fucking guy from my team, will you? Um, <laughs> Jeff Tanganga, it's interesting. He actually had a bid, a loan opportunity um, in Galatasaray in Turkey. And yeah. the, the team desperately wanted to send him out to loan. Uh, and Nuno was one of them. He didn't really get a good enough look at him yet and said, hey, look, you know, you're going to get regular time. If you go to this club, you should do that. It's going to be good for your career. And he patently was like, fuck that. Uh, I'm going to stay and fight for my place and I'm going to see what happens. And at the end of the transfer window, if, if I'm, if I haven't, 
you know, proven my worth to you in the club. And if nobody in England comes calling, then yeah, sure. I'll go to Turkey for a, a semester abroad. Right. Um, but he was immense and, and he embodied everything about Spurs uh, spirit and, and unwillingness to um, to respect what city was trying to do six minutes into the game. Uh, Grealish dives right outside of the box. Uh, a chance goes begging fine. But after that, it was literally like, oh, you want to go to ground, little boy? We're going to give you a reason to fall down. We're going <laughs> to kick you. We're going to stomp on you. We're going to push you. We're going to throw you around because you're in our house, and this is not how you behave in my house. And mm-hmm. it was night. It was 84 minutes from that point on of Tanganga and Skip and Hoybier and Delhi. And honestly, Sanchez and Dyer, they were great as well. Um, just pushing Manchester City around. And it was, it wasn't, it wasn't that they were more talented than them. It was that City doesn't like to get punched in the face, right? I mean, we saw it in the Champions League final when they literally punched or elbowed, or I guess it was a shoulder, um, Kevin De Bruyne in the face, Antonio Rudiger, and KO'd him and broke his orbital bone. Yeah. Everybody on City got shell shocked immediately. Yep. And that was something, you know, you 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 sort of saw at, at Spurs. Now, the other super important element, and we'll talk about a few other games that had this element, uh, you know, affect the outcome for sure, was that was 62,000 screaming fans. Really um, good performance by the Spurs supporters for sure. It was it was unbelievable, right? And again, by the way, it was so yeah, illustra- illustrative of, of the sort of early dominance. So I'm looking at here. City in the first 10 minutes had four chances. One mm-hmm. blocked off Gundogan, Fernandinho and, Fernandinho and Jao Cancelo both missed. Then nothing till 34, whereas in between there, Bergwijn, Sanchez, and Mora all have chances uh, that are blocked or or miss early mm-hmm. on. And then you have another, they, they sort of look like clusters of those were scary, Bergwijn, Sanchez, Mora. Then Sun has another chance where he kind of stutter steps on minute 28 then again before the half ends at 40 and 42 with with son again so and it was all from from mora on those two so mora and son were really clicking and instead of the harry kane dropping deep thing basically mora was like fuck this passing thing i'm just gonna run past people yeah <laughs> and then pass it yeah so. i mean a lot of the play was built out of right those wings um but a lot of strength in the midfield. There was a lot of balls that were being won, especially Delhi and especially Hoybier. Um, we were getting a lot of joy down the right wing because for whatever reason, Pep decided to start Benjamin Mendy at left back. He's awful. He's fucking hilarious to watch. Um, <laughs> so but, bad. And it was so weird. I mean, we talked at ad nauseum in the season one of the squeaky bum time podcast about uh you know spur- soccer being a weak link sport right yep. this was quite literally uh the embodiment of that and so um it was still striking to see such a an inc- impressive men city team the 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 club on the field costs what 900 million dollars and to have somebody that's that far off the pace and everyone like yeah, just go go get that guy. He sucks. 
what, what like what is he even doing here? Um, and it's not obviously it's the beginning of the season. There were you know fitness issues with a number of players, but Zinchenko came on as a sub, which means he was more than available. Um, and so this comes down to another pet mismanagement for me. They got so much more solid once he came on. I yeah, think no, absolutely. For some for some reason with Mendy, there's a squad thing. Everyone likes him. He's a good guy. He is ingratiating to the team. I think Pep feels like he has to play him because he probably brought him in. But whenever he plays, City are bad. And a lot of it is because his defensive capabilities and speed, which he used to have, are just gone. And people run mm-hmm. past him. He yeah. tries to come up on people and they disappear. Um, Cancelo, yeah, I know you had him. He was player of the season. He was in the the Premier League uh, best 11. But I'd say the last month and a half of the season, he was bad and missed the Champions League final. And I think the thing that I noticed and what we we talked about a million times was City's break eraser, a.k.a. Kyle Walker, was not there. And you can tell uh, when City don't have that athleticism, the thing that pops out to me more than anything, and the game is the game and, you know, City had chances, whatever. Games are games. But I think I try and think about thematically what I saw was just the physicality and strength of Spurs was evident when you go and you've got Mora who's really might be small, but is fit and can run. You've got Bergwijn who's built like a brick shit house. Yeah. Does he have problems finishing? Yeah. He should have scored a goal um, <laughs> oh, yeah. on, on a fuck up that he At know, least reminded one. me, reminded me of that game last season. I don't remember who it was against where he missed. And then I was scoring. Oh no, I remember it was the post in Anfield. Ah, that's the one mm-hmm. you should have won that game. Oh, we should have. And then um, the midfield of, of Skip, Ali and Hoiberg was just like, fuck you. We are going <laughs> to kick your ass. And and they weren't really making forward passes. I don't think Skip had many touches or passes at all. But when anyone got close to Spurs, got close to City in the middle, they fucking got hit. And that yep. made a difference. And I saw Ali did a lot of that. And I thought Fernandinho was like being a warrior, but getting his ass kicked. Like, there needed to be more in there. And, you know, Gundogan is a nice player. He's tidy. He's quick at the ball. But he can't match the physicality of big, strong dudes. Like, they were – City was getting roughhoused. Well, and they were hunting in packs, right? And so that's kind yeah, of what nice. what Nuno – what Nuno has sort of preached, you know, during the preseason and, and wolves, it was it, yeah. packs like wolves. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, play wolves, and so, yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the, on the, on the preview show, I made a joke, uh, you know, Nuno knows. Right. And so yeah. uh, we've, we, that's without further ado, that's our first piece of merch on the squeaky hey. bum time podcast, but the chop sports guys, uh, we made a Nuno knows logo with the Are you ready? Uh, Are picture. You count down? Do I have to count down? With the picture of him fist bumping. Go ahead. Show our friends what uh, what we've got. Here's our unveiled. Ooh. So if you're you're listening to the pod, you can get this uh, Nuno Knows shirt. You'll see it at uh, chopsportsmedia.com. It'll be under the Squeaky Bum Time section. Um, You'll also be able to uh, see it on our social media and stuff like that. But We'll put it on the the site for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. but yeah, it's it's that's gonna be basically put on shirts and in the store available for purchase as as early as you're listening to this, from what I am told. Um, yeah. and you know, and we're, we're, 
one of the things we're also doing on, if you don't notice, is uh, we do stream these after the fact live. You can we'll chat and you can watch the show. So there's lots of ways to catch us and maybe even on Twitch or Instagram or anything. Then you can see the shirt live. So if you, if you yeah, listen yeah, to yeah. it and then you're like, hey, I want to check it out. You can find it live probably usually 24 hours after the pod goes up. So, yeah, I, I made that joke beforehand and it and it came to be true. So that's going to be a thing. We're going to do hashtag Nuno knows from from here on out. Anytime, <laughs> anytime someone, uh, anytime Spurs win a big game, essentially. This what season. do I have to I have to do something for Pep? Pep, Pep ponders. And then uh, he pays a fucking weird lineup. Well, we'll just wait until you come. <laughs> we'll just wait until you, until Lester beat you five two, and we'll make a hashtag Pep out shirt. Oh, <laughs> Speaking One of one thing, uh, I want to. Oh, go ahead. One thing I want to talk about uh, with this game, though, um, is the way that Anthony Taylor managed it because it was good. Um, it was really good. It was unlike a lot of the games we've seen in the in the last few years. It had it was chippy, um, but it had the it had the opportunity to get real shitty, and it it didn't. Um, but I think that was that came down to the way that the Communication. referee was managing it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He pulled Loris over at one point. Uh, Grealish was really getting frustrated, and I was loving every second of he it. He got the shit kicked out. Um, he got the shit kicked he out. Does, he does play for that. So Well, understand thing. that like he – like I mentioned earlier in the show, he dove very early in the game. It was egregious. He got away with it, and the crowd really started to get on him every time he got the ball. So it was a combination of 60,000 people screaming at him, which, by the way, aside from Wembley in the Euros, he has not had. He hasn't had – in fact, he's never gotten booed probably ever. Um, So it was his first experience being, frankly, the bad guy. Let's backtrack. In the championship against Birmingham City, which is Aston Villa's rival, a fan came out and punched him in the face. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Actually, it was worse. It was a sucker punch. You punched him in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot so about that. Wow. He's gone through some okay. awesome, And he was cool with it. He was like, my man. He was. Whatever. He laughed. He's like, whatever, dude. I remember that now. Um, but no, it was it was the constant over 90 minutes uh yeah. just berating, frankly. Uh I, and and, I, and and the getting the, the the knocks, right? The getting the beaten up. But the way that Taylor managed it, uh there were a few yellow cards given actually near the end of the game. I want to say like mm-hmm. 85th. 90th minute to Grealish yes. and I believe Lucas Mora. Uh, and there's a, had a little bit of a uh, Sanchez. It was, uh, and there was, um, Mora got one early. The one you're talking about late is Sanchez and Grealish. Sanchez. Okay. I couldn't see who he gave it to from Spurs cause they were off screen. But, um, the funniest part about all that is that there's a picture from that exchange of Grealish wagging a figure at Lucas Mora. Telling right. him you dove, you can't do that, and everybody's like, "Are you fucking kidding me, dude? You do that for a living." Like, um, so yeah. so it was fun. Um, but yeah, so real quick, uh, in the 2017 season, yeah, Pep Guardiola called Tottenham Hotspur the Harry Kane team. Since gotcha. he's since he's done that, Tottenham Hotspur has beaten Manchester City four times at home. They have not yeah, conceded yeah, yeah, a goal. Yeah. Harry Kane has not played any of those games. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's really a, fucking awesome. Great, that's a great anecdote. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, Fuck I, you, Pep Guardiola. I, no, I think I think what happened is probably in that moment, he probably just forgot and just kind of like spaced out and just called him the Harry Kane team. Like, you know what I mean? His English isn't great, so that kind of thing happened. Oh, I, but on, I understand. On, 
on the city side, it's just like city are a very high end machine that don't it doesn't work when it's not right. Like it's a it's a fine tuned engine. Like it's very German engineering. Like it has a computer that makes it run and it's mm-hmm. fuel injected and it has like guys and it needs a fucking Ferrari driver and it needs all these things to be right for it to work. But once one thing is off, it kind of sputters a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I know uh, Bernardo Silva is, was a want away. It seemed weird he wasn't playing or didn't come on. Uh, I know, I know that Mendy's sort of like out of the way, but you know anyone but Mendy. I know Ferran yeah, Torres yeah. is young and whatever, but play a fucking striker. I mean, he did miss a couple of really good chances. There was that one near the near post where he just couldn't get there. And City did create chances and easily could have been up early, right? Uh, uh, I think Mares played well early. There was a couple of good chances. They were just just out of sync, right? Just these little things. Yep. Um, Diaz being on the right instead of the left, you know, makes things a little bit weird for him because he and Stones were the other way around and Ake being left footed, he's on the left side. So I think part of that shot that son took that went in, he was in betwixt and betweens and the, as the English say, and he kind of could have blocked it, but it went the wrong way. So there was a <laughs> lot of weirdness that allowed Spurs to win, but I don't begrudge Spurs. They played with physicality and force. And that really want, makes me want to segue to the, to the, to the Brentford game, which was a yeah. physicality and force game uh, Friday night, Friday afternoon, we were all working and just went nuts like it was fucking incredible (laughs) like i tweeted for an hour i didn't do any work um it was just good like brentford 75 years out of the league i know where the stadium is i know that neighborhood i know everything about that area and it felt good to see this team just turned up to 12 and arsenal show up arsenally uh with (laughs) the youngest team of match week one for all the teams, right? They just, it was like Arteta's like, hey, let me, how, what's the best way to lose this game? Uh, let me play the oh. youngest players I have in the most hostile environment anyone has seen in 70 years. Let's do that. That's a good idea. Just... And, and, and the weird thing was, Arsenal were actually better than it seemed. And they really lost on two moments more than anything, like a bad clearance in defense and then a throw in that could have been a foul another day, but Ben White really should have just stuck his foot out. I'm just like, can I this ball not bounce, please? The expected goals flatter Arsenal, but they do. I I watched that game and I don't. It did not feel I, that way at all. No, at all. But there and were so, two. There were at least two really good saves by Raya. Really good. Yes. No. 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 Without question. Right. Um, but, but it didn't feel uh, it right. The, the flow of the game didn't feel that way. Like you said, Arteta set them up to fail. And yeah, surprise, that's what happened. But um, yeah. I, I a word on him because I defended Arteta for a long time. And I thought, you know, and, and coming from City, I'm sure you were a fan of his as well. And you thought he'd do well at Arsenal. And when I, given Listen, the, I have them in sixth, right? I have a yeah, stake yeah. in them being good. And it's really a stake in Arteta. It's like, I think he's got this. Right. But maybe he does. Sometimes, you know, the pundits, we sort of hate sort of listening to them and bother them and go, oh, what the fuck are they talking about? But they do know stuff, right? They're like, this team's not good enough. They're just not good. Oh, no. It didn't take a pundit to know that. I mean. No, but you know what I mean? Like, you just like, oh, it's Shaka. Like, (laughs) what the fuck's he going to do? It's like, oh, they're relying on Emil Smith-Rowe. He's 20. 
Like, what is he right. gonna do? Like, what mm-hmm. what is he supposed to do? He's supposed. And I to did think he was good for what it's worth. He was really good. Like he had that one turn and shot, which was mm-hmm. good. And then there was a, there was one other one. I don't. I think Tierney. Tierney. It's always the same three players that make Arsenal right. go. It's Rowe, Tierney, and Saka. And if they're not playing and they're not awesome, they're not good. Although mm-hmm. to your point, your boy Martinelli played and he was bad. He, he yeah. But yeah. Uh, I but mean, really everybody in the attacking the- band until Saka came on. Smith Rowe was good, but he didn't have anybody really to 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 facilitate to. Yeah, I thought Balogun was 19 years old and just didn't make the right runs. He seemed to be very. And that's just unfair to him, man. It really it's not is. Fair. Like, right. and those dudes are men. Like those central defenders that that Brentford had were big, strong, yeah. and not here to fuck around. Like they made that goal on the throw-in because one of the fucking guys put his ass on. <laughs> on the uh on on the keeper and burnt leno could not move him mm-hmm. right and what was supposed to happen is and almost all the pundits were like you gotta be as a defender you either either the goalkeeper literally fucking rakes his foot down the calf of that guy and be like get the fuck out of the way right or you know your defender has to go and push him right there's mm-hmm. a lot of physicality that goes on in football that people don't really realize until, oh, that how did that, why did that ball go in? Because someone stood on the goalkeeper and he didn't move the dude out of the way. <laughs> right? So uh, I thought it was just they scored sort of an from interesting... a throw in, though. But right. they scored from a throw in, you know? Yeah. But the, the goalkeeper so, was pinned. He couldn't move. No, I know. I know. I know. And they fucked the up. The interesting yeah. thing so we talked a lot about Ivan Tony leading into awesome. the game. Awesome. He was he was in the shadows. Amazing. He had zero shots, not just shots on target, zero shots. Yeah. But the things you could t- first of all, the athleticism drips off of this guy. Dude, but he's an the animal. way that he's <laughs> fucking animal. Well, he, but he the way the team, that he led the team in pressing, so he got on. People. Yes, he was mm-hmm. everywhere. And the thing is that you could tell. It's almost like like watching one of like. What one of the all-time greats get like watching like Kobe get mad at like his other guard for not thinking the way he did because like yeah. Tony would take a pass and he would he would like pass it and just make a run or vice versa and he would yeah. get like stop me like what, what are you doing why are you not me just go be me right yeah. uh there was a couple times where I caught him do, doing that and it was it was just awesome to see them to see but a championship was... player coming up into the Premier League and and looking like he's already three and a half steps ahead of every move he's making, and it yeah. was just so interesting to see somebody moving that far ahead at that speed. It was unbelievable. So he was, he's yeah, he, but he, what do you see? He he's like the size. He's like he moves like Pogba, right? That kind of like galloping sure. gait, but has like, and is somewhere two notches below the the muscular of Mikel Antonio, right? So it's like a, mm-hmm. a lanky kind of Pogba, but jacked like Mikel Antonio. <laughs> You're like, yeah, who the dude. fuck is that dude? He stands he's, out. He's he's a big. brick shithouse. Now, um, now, so he's going to be point, even right? more fun. And to your point, right, his partners, right? So Canos and Embueno in the front three were both, both were the ones who sort of like scored the goal and, and created the chances. But it, it's Tony who's sort of facilitating and making all that happen. As a group, mm-hmm. they worked as a unit between, you know, um, all those guys, between Kanos 
and Mbueno. Mbueno was also really good. Like their whole front three, they just, when they went forward, they created chances. And to be fair, like Arsenal were not bad in this game. So the narrative is a little bit, a little bit intense, a little bit unfair, I'd say, sorry. But I think as a new team in the league, playing with fearlessness, playing with intensity, playing to their style, like you knew what they wanted to do and you kind of had a sense of it within, you know, five or 10 minutes. Like sometimes they went long, sometimes they played short, a lot of mixing up of their play. They didn't have a tremendous amount of shots, but they were so good. Like they just made fans immediately on a Friday night. Like, okay, let's, this has to happen now. Yeah. Brentford are amazing. And the fans yeah. had just killer fucking chance, and it was loud, and it they was were the great. whole stadium. And it was You're like, just a like shit we talked about Hotspur was incredible. Oh man! <laughs> or did you hear the other one? We're just a bus stop in Hounslow. Oh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you'll always listen when you're beating Arsenal in the way that you do, and we yeah. called it on the show. Um, yeah. You're gonna have my heart, but when you throw in. <laughs> Hey Arsenal, you're just a shit Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, well, where just, do I get your, my your support where my shit? Where, where, yeah. where your support, your support is fucking shit. I mean, yeah. just killer, killer yeah. shit housing. And I'm sure any away supporter is probably there going, okay, <laughs> yeah, all right, you got me, <laughs> right? Like no me. Arsenal fan is like, oh yeah, that sucked. They're like, okay, yeah, no, no shit. Yeah. We yeah, we tip were of the bad. cap to you. Yeah. Um, and then this is not a joke, right? So this team, and I just watched something and I shared it with you earlier is one, they led the league in scoring in the championship. They led the league in XG in scoring in the championship. And while they didn't lead in defense, they were the number one XG in defense. So this is a mm-hmm. really good team. Like yeah. this is not a joke. They're not going down. They're going to take some scalps and they're going to take their lumps. I think they're going to, if, if they play at home, if, if the home crowd matters, they're going to get their games at home. Like I see them easily clearing the 40 point barrier, the same as Leeds. Right? Oh no. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I forget exactly where I had them, but I had them close to mid table. So I, I have no, no reservations about where they'll end up. Um, but I think the lasting image for this game to me was again, it had been seven years. You had them in 11th. There you go. Yeah. See, so just about mid table, uh, yeah. 70 years since their last premier league game, which incidentally was also against Arsenal, which is weird. Right. Book ending. Um, <laughs> um, the fucking script writers, man. Premier league. But yeah, you, you see, you know, the, the Hey Jude version of like Brentford, um, you know, so good. people crying, you know, singing Thomas Frank, who, by the way, I'm in love <laughs> with this man. He's, he's a awesome. little too like bohemian. He's got the hair. He's a no, little I'm in. Looking. I'm all in. He looks on like it, a but... woman who's transitioned. To be fair, well, you know what? He looks unlike a lot of them. He actually looks like done it quite elegantly. Um, but <laughs> doing a lap, uh, clapping the fans, but going oh, over to to like the little girl and taking pictures and just being so excited, and then yeah. the little boy, um, with like especially his boy. Oh my god! It just. It'll, it'll, it'll get you choked up. Right. And, and the one thing that I talked about in, in our Facebook group that I, I just want to point out because, um, we talk about how media does a lot of things poorly, but one of the best things they do in those situations, and it comes down, frankly, mostly to lady Rebecca Lowe from NBC's coverage. She's definitely, she leads that. I think she gets the kind of like, wait, and it, it, it is a, it is a, 
a female quality. She's just like, no, no, no. There's more to this than just this, the football. let it. Yeah. So she, let it be. Let it breathe. The, yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh, Arlo White kicks it back to the studio. Rebecca, go ahead, and she just goes no, and just lets the scenes and the sounds just overtake you, right? Yeah. And good. and they did it with Spurs too. But yeah. I've seen them do that a number of times. Whereas in the American sports realm, you've got and Joe Buck talking about how important this is to the New York Giants. It's like, dude, fucking kill yourself. Stop and just let us soak it in. If there was a subscription service that allowed American sports fans to forego the commentary, holy <laughs> shit, that's a billion-dollar idea. I think they right tried there. it and people didn't watch it, but that's okay. I think this, because they, this didn't shocking, it, they didn't make it all the time. Right, Yeah, but, but – there are moments where nothing says so much more than anything you're thinking. And I just wish that look, nobody's saying that American sports fans or supporter groups or whatever are like for like with what England has and what Europe has. Right. Of course not. But I do think that they're much, much better than us at highlighting all of the best parts of that. Whereas uh, if if something special happens, which happens all the time in American sports, if you just let the scene sort of breathe, right? Um, give the call for whatever it is, the walk-off home run, the overtime goal, the buzzer beater, and then just just let it happen, right? Yeah. The sign I mean, listen, the, the, NBC is the I don't know how you felt about their hockey coverage, but horrible, Sunday by the NFL, way. They, they, whatever, <laughs> they they did bad on the Olympics, but they somehow are doing really well with the Premier League. People are less into them of the last few years. I think some of the analysis has gone out the window and they've, they've relied and gone to the it's Man United, it's Arsenal, blah, blah, blah. They used to cover other teams a little bit more and that's kind of sucky, but that moment was good. They really captured Brentford really well uh, and fans make a difference, man. It is like night and day. And uh, I mean, I know we're probably going to want to touch on other games, but I, I you know, I wa- I just watched fucking you know Brighton Burnley. I mean, because that's my my secret side piece team, and they came back from a goal down, and it went nuts, and the and the Burnley crowd died, and it was just like, oh god, it's so fucking good. This is alive. alive. <laughs> right then I text you like when the goal went in for for Canos yeah. against Brentford, I was like, I am alive. I have come back to life. I feel amazing. Like only yeah. football does this. I swear to Christ, there's no way that American sports have these moments. And I think it's, I still think fundamentally it is because of so much that is riding on the games. They've somehow created a narrative, the down and the up, the you support your local team more than anything, the the, the nature of lo- locality being so important. I don't know how they do it, but it is captured. There's no, like a pirate fan doesn't care if they beat the Yankees in a three game series because they still suck and they're never going to win and they'll be there tomorrow. Right. Well, but that for Brentford, and, well, for Brentford got the they win this game. They have this game forever. It is. Yeah. Were you there when we came up after 70 years and we beat Arsenal? That'll be in yeah. the annals of that team forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So we got to We got to talk about other games. So let's talk about our both our both our evil and hated. Well, before rivals. we do that, before okay. before we do that, let's uh, let's talk about our friend Joe. Um, Joe. Oh boy, here we we're, go. We're, we got, Joe? <laughs> I'm talking about Joe. Um, you know, we both try to save a lot of money uh, and and try to make smart financial decisions. And one of the things that's made a, an, an inflection point and a difference in our lives is, um, you know, Joe at Attitude of Gratitude 
consulting. Um, it's he's got a unique way of kind of uh, finding money in the couch cushion, sort of. But it's it's a family centric way of making sure you're taking you're doing the right thing by you and yours essentially. Um, do yourselves a favor. Go to Attitude of Gratitude Consulting dot com for more information. What you'll see when you go there is a phenomenally laid out website, really easy to use. If uh, if you see it, you basically you can make a phone phone appointment with the guy the next day. Uh, he's always happy to hear from you and jump on the phone with you. Um, listen to how you got yourself into whatever financial predicament you're in, uh, and more importantly, help you find a way out of it. So um, we are big fans of Joe, and I know he's he's a big fan of the show, which is always good to know. So. Um, he, he wasn't know. with me to stop me from buying a useless electric bicycle, and I should have consulted him. You should have consulted him. Um, but yeah, www.attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com. It's got all the information you need. Go there. Tell him that uh, Chop Sports sent you. All right, Mike. Tell us. We got. We can't go through all the games because we've been running the scores underneath, and not all of them carry a narrative. Tell me about no, the don't. game that you want to talk about. Um, let's see. I want to talk about United and Leeds because it's the only bet that I lost this weekend. Uh, <laughs> I went three for four, and I think that's going to be a segment on our preview episode. It's going to be Mike's. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep tabs on Mike's betting record over the course of the year. <laughs> And I didn't, I didn't publicize all of the picks, but I did say I would bet on Brentford, and I did. Um, <laughs> I called Brentford. I was like, they're winning this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I got, I got cheeky, and I said, you know what, Leeds plus one. Let's see, uh, oh. let's see what happens at Old Trafford. And you know what? For about sixty seconds, I was feeling pretty good <laughs> in the second half there. Um, United really, really put them to the sword, though. Uh, really and it was did. such a good. fun 10 minutes in the, right after halftime because it yeah. was one nothing going into half. Yeah. And uh, what a th- – I believe it was Luke Ayling with an absolute thunderbolt. Uh, they were tie the, All the goals were really good. As much they as were I, all really, really good goals. Pogba was incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. Fernandez scored an offside goal last year, but now that we have fat lines, he was onside. I didn't that's, understand that's, it still, but know. I think I'm I'm gonna get it as we go on. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter. I ra- give me the goals, okay? I don't care. Sure. Uh, he scored a hat trick. Uh, those were his first open play goals since week 14. Let's just keep that in mind. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so just to keep in mind what kind of player he is, he is incredible, and he's their talisman. He scored good goals. Uh, Greenwood scored a good goal, and they really just lit leads up like they did last time with the. Um, with the six two at Old Trafford, and yeah, Leeds are just a bad matchup. It's a bad matchup for 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 Leeds because they play man to man. They run hard everywhere, and United are too good of a team to not be able to beat that type of thing. What me, what United have the problem with, and they're not going to be proven. They're not going to be challenged until someone sits deep and makes you break them down. Mm-hmm. That's what I was hoping for. That's what I was expecting. I think this season there's less and less teams like that. So United may win the league because no one right. plays the way to beat them. Uh, I think Nuno will. I think Spurs will have their way with United. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And just be like, fuck you. I'm not pressing you. I'm not doing anything. So, um, but yeah, United were, were just a class above. They, Like I said before, United probably have the most talented team in the league. They spent a billion dollars on it. It should They should win. 
So did right? you. Yeah, we won. <laughs> the league yeah, twice. But, yeah, but nobody left, and now you've got Grealish. No, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, United haven't won since 2013 and have no trophies. Spending the same right, but the difference is, is that now we have a coach you, who's awesome and Ole is a clown. You sure, but what United have spent that money to get on par with you guys, right? So Maybe. they're they're in that conversation. For me, there there really is. There's four teams that could win the title this year. They and all then, could win. Yeah, you know, it's sure. it's the obvious ones. It's you. It's meant the United. City United, Chelsea, and Liverpool. Um, you were waiting then, for me to then, say Tottenham, were you? No, no, no. And then, and, but then, but then, if you rank it, it's City is never City. When City doesn't win the league, it's their failures and cost too much money. When they win, they're supposed to win. So we can't win no matter what we do. Chelsea have a good coach, are completely reloaded. Liverpool are still there. I they're long in the tooth in my view. And then United are the upstart who will not win the league with Ole as the manager. I'm, yeah, no, I can. I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I don't even have them in the top four. So, yeah, how about like, that? Right. If they had Benitez, they'd win the fucking league. But like, you said it too. Ole. They are always up for the occasion. They're always ready for the big games. They'll kick the shit out of Leeds in the first game at Old Trafford with fans they in two may years. Win every, they may win, like, let's say, you know, against top six. That's, I can't even do the math. Six times six, 36 points. They might get 26 points out of those, right? Right. They still won't win the league. Actually, if they mm-hmm. get 26 out of those, they'll probably win a league. But they could win the top six table, let's say. Like, right, you know, right, right, right. Yeah. They're going to lose because they're going to lose to Brentford. They're going to lose gonna say, yeah. because they're going to lose because Alan St. Maximan is going to fucking light them up, right? Mm-hmm. Or actually, Wambasaka will be like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but. They'll but drop points at Norwich. Deep. Yeah, they'll lose to Norwich. Like something dumb. But the thing is, those teams, there aren't enough teams that play that, like, for, like there aren't enough Burnley types anymore, so it may be breaking in their favor. Like all the teams that went down were kind of gross, right? And now we've yeah. got like more, like when Allardyce goes down, that's good, right? Because he mm-hmm. plays that negative kind of dark all-time football. But there's much more attacking teams now, and we'll see if that actually helps United. And if they won the league, it wouldn't be a shock, right? Like oh no, no, wow. no. And then I'd have to be like, I guess Ole is a good manager. I just <laughs> I believe it when I see it because he's gonna choke. That's gonna um, be the next. No, that'll be it. That'll be the next shirt we we have. It'll just be you being like Ole in. <laughs> yeah, Ole in? Question mark. Uh, and then the other game that I thought was really good. I, I of course I want to talk Burnley Brighton, but I'm not going to. It's really not an important game. But the the West Ham uh, mm. Newcastle game was fucking bonkers. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> what it was a fun wild. game. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're good end to end. You know, Max. Say Maximum doing his like. Yo, my G, what is woo woo woo? Yep. <laughs> on the wing, outside the box, step over, spin, step over, back and forth, up and down, and then just chips across. It felt like he did it a Rabona. It wasn't, but he he would do it. And he then, would. Uh, uh, <laughs> and Wilson's on the end of it. I just don't like. Is there a player that's more fun? Even if you uh, you were on his team, you'd be like, you know what, dude. The fuck out of here with that. Will you just pass it without? We sold the player who was who was as fun as him. It was Eric Lamello was the only one because he was the most unpredictable player in the league. But now that he's yeah. gone, I would say it's definitely St. Maximin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Erickson is is that type. I mean, sorry, Lamella is that type of player, and Grealish has that swag too, where he slows down. You're like, 
Do, are you? Are we really slowing? Grealish, down? But we I'll tell you what. Apparently, Grealish Carlos, looks like a shit Jamie Tart these days. Yeah, <laughs> Carlos Hill is supposed to be a, a winger who takes people on for fun and then brings them back after he take goes past them. So maybe mm-hmm. he's uh maybe he's that. Maybe he's like anorexic Hazard is what you're getting. Oh, okay. <laughs> hmm. uh, that's what I've heard. So maybe we, when Hill comes in, you'll play. You'll use him in games when. Oh, Brian Hill. Brian Hill. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Carlos yeah, Hill's in the MLS. I was gonna say that know, threw me off. Yeah, Brian Hill. Um, there's a lot to see with with him so far. I mean, he's he's a baby still, but he's uh, all and hair. He, he's. <laughs> It basically looks like a pencil with with someone who put hair on the top. But yeah, the the Newcastle game was fucking up and down. Uh, I would venture to say, and I'm not saying something crazy here, but is Mikel Antonio like the most underrated player in the Premier League? That dude runs, batters, tries to score, does whatever it takes for the team to win. And he's just like an afterthought, like, wouldn't England be better with him up front sometimes? I don't know. He he would be what Giroud was to Chelsea and France. Yeah. That's that's the role he could play for England, right? Where yeah. he comes in on the 75th minute and is just like just showing up elbows out like just smashing people around who are already yeah, tired he's... and he's just running Totally free. Like, yeah, I think he would definitely have a part to play in England. By the way, are you ready for the St. Maximon uh, stats back it up? Yeah, go Uh, for it. Attempted dribbles, eight. Successful, seven. That is more than the next three players combined. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Actually, he had more dribbles than all of Newcastle combined. Newcastle combined had six. And on West Ham... They had, yeah, there was Jared Bone and Ben Rama. I'd like to call out my uh, prediction, Ben Rama having a big season. He's on the score sheet, and he assists in yeah. Mikel Antonio. So I called call, call it. I knew he was good. Again, Brentford scouting, uh, and, and I'm excited about that. But this game was fun. Second half, fucking West Ham just puts the medal down, scores four unanswered goals. And that was puts crazy. The game away. Including uh, a missed really penalty. Right, sorry, three unanswered goals with a missed penalty. Suchek. Suchek was just so anticipatory. He's literally running straight towards the goal on Antonio's run-up because he he gave himself a little breathing room. Just a fun team. The the league is just in such good hands right now. Like it's just yeah. it just feels like it feels like there's not really any teams that we want to go down aside from Burnley and maybe Newcastle, where you're just like, you know, I'm done with you guys. And then the like, third so everyone, team is gonna it's gonna be like Pour one out Norwich. for those guys, whether it's Norwich or Watford or something like that. But speaking well, I don't, I don't, of, I, this is, is the I other. I don't think Newcastle will go down. No, They're well, nonetheless, right? But like, the point is, is that we are going to be bummed to see a team go down. Whereas yes. last year we felt bad for Fulham, but we're like, yeah, you guys don't really belong here, so it's fine. Um, but I think Sheffield that was, Sheffield was the one that was a drag because it's like and Sheffield, Sheffield too. They deserve yeah. to have time with fans. They got no fans in the Premier League. Uh, no fans. They did. That's, that's rough. Well, no, man. they get. Yeah, they got like six months, right? Not no, like barely, four months. Barely any time with fans. Uh, that's so. Yours tough. was your. What was your other game you want to talk about? You want to talk about? Um, yeah, there's one other one that I want to. Um, that was honestly probably the biggest surprising game result of the weekend was Watford three, Aston Villa two, right? Mm-hmm. 
the thing we talked about a lot was how well Aston Villa reloaded using the Jack Grealish money, bringing in Buendia, bringing in Bailey, bringing in Ings. Um, maybe buy some defense, gentlemen. We just lost to Watford. Not that now Ismailia Sar was strong, was a he's had good. a good performance, and he, he's a he's a very good player. Who he carried it, carried them last season. He he did, and in his initial um, Premier League, I guess cameo uh, in their last relegated season, he was sort of a ghost. And so, granted, well, he he's two years older. Yeah. Right, he but good, he's but and he's 2 bad. years older now and he's he's sort of the guy and it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to kind of see him kind of come of age. Um but I, I got to say I did not watch a lot of this when I got obviously got the highlights but um this and that's one other thing just as a quick aside that I I give NBC a lot of shit but the extended highlights is fantastic. It's 10 <laughs> minutes long and you're like, "Okay, I got everything that happened in this game, you know?" Um Yeah. But yeah, so yeah. I mean, I mean Watford, listen, they're Watford at was, home. Was it was a big game. I I don't know. I mean, you know, they didn't pass it particularly well. Uh, defensively, you are correct that you know Aston Villa needs. Sorry, Aston Villa needs to be better at preventing shots. Yeah, and I don't remember uh, Nakamba in the midfield or McGinn kind of being great defensive players. So historically, Kanza and Mings have been really good. Kanza is more of the defender who doesn't touch anything and just kind of breaks mm-hmm. things up. And Mings being the left footer who kind of plays the ball. But I thought that, you know, Aston Villa coming back into the game was good. They got a goal late. They got a penalty from Danny Ings. He gets off to Schneid and on the score. That sheet. one was, that was like the 95th minute though. That's, right. They almost can't kind of can't get that 97th. Right, minute. But I mean, they, they did grow into the game and in the back half, yes. back half, the last, the last 15 minutes was all, was all, was all, um, was all Aston Villa. Second half, they didn't really. Yeah, but get it was it was three going. nothing. By the time they yeah. got their asses in gear, it was three nil. So yeah, yeah, that yeah, was they the only thing had, that they surprised only had, me. They only had two shots, and 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 um, Watford were already up too. So kind of yeah. tricky. The the star goal was deflected. We you know our guy Emmy Martinez did not cover himself in glory, but I don't think he really had a chance to. Villa's season is not going to be judged on this, but it no. is a weird result. When uh, Tom Ke- Tom Cleverly is bossing you, uh, that's not yeah. Good. That was the thing, and just the way in which they lost. Is I mean, again, the three conceded isn't great, but um, to give up thirteen shots with thirty seven percent possession, or, or to, to concede thirty seven percent possession and thirteen shots is a little bit strange. Um, yeah, so that's not good. Yeah, I, I I'm worried a bit for Villa. Uh, I still they love what have, they've they got. Had a, they had a tough back half of the season. Now, mm-hmm. granted, they didn't have Grealish, so they do have to adjust. I mean, it is a lot. Like I don't think people really realize how much offensive creation Grealish was doing. He missed. No, no. See, that's the 15, thing. I, he missed 15 games and led the league in shot creation. That's insane. I think. I think. Of course, they're not going to be able to replace him overnight i think they're gonna be okay as far as his productivity especially because like you said he was injured in the the back half of the season so uh, i'm not as concerned with that but the thing that i did forget and the thing that's easy to forget is that you know you basically you look at these the sexy new things walking through the door and you're like oh let's go talk about that you sort of paper over the cracks that sort of existed already right Mm. all you did was 
try to replace Jack Grealish. You didn't yeah. make the rest of the team any better. And right, so that's right, the right, thing right. where let's it was, assume you know, it was let's assume that you did. Dollar, right? Yeah. right. But let's assume that you did. Let's assume that you made uh you you, you took Grealish out and you put two and a half players in his place and that and you even improved the team, let's say for our yeah. sake. Yeah. You still have suspect in, you know, a suspect midfield behind that. Um, like you said, the back line is okay. The fullbacks questionable. And, and obviously Emmy Martin is, would we be surprised if he took a step back from last year? He was yeah, phenomenal. He was, it's last luck. Season. It's luck right? right. Otherwise, why would Arsenal have sold him? They must know something. They're not completely. Uh, see, I don't buy that. <laughs> no, I think they just gave Leno a shit ton of money and they were like, well, uh, but guess we're going to sell this other Argentinian fella. Um, <laughs> but no, I, 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 I think that there's there's a wobble there that I didn't expect mm-hmm. to see early on, and yeah. um, that could that could get bad. So I haven't um, seen what their upcoming fixtures are. To be fair, probably but, rough. Well, that's the thing is that if you you know if you lose to a team like that, you probably no, that's okay. Well, yeah, okay, they've got Newcastle, Brentford, Chelsea, Everton, United, Spurs. Yeah, that's, but everyone's I mean, schedules are pretty pretty rough there's a lot of good teams man it's just fucking every week that's the premier league it is that is crazy that every is the, week. The, the fact that yeah so so i mean i, I want to give some some sort of call outs chelsea really handled palace well shalaba's mm-hmm. goal was fucking amazing uh, uh uh marcus alonso on a free kick and they cruise with a goal from pulisic that was really a mason mount goal uh he started it he won mm-hmm. the tackle he I did, see that. did the give and go and then sort of pulisic scored on a rebound. So mm, I'm not going to go with the American narrative. The, the American people were on my case. Cause I was like, that was Mason Mount's goal. He got it. Cause it was like, hey, American. I'm like, you know what? Fuck Christian Pulisic uh, in their best, their best 11 is not going to include him. Um, uh, uh, the, the Martinez era started really well for Everton. They led the, led the week in expected goals against Southampton. Southampton are in trouble. It's official. We are putting yeah. the fucking sign out that this team is in fucking trouble. <laughs> you know what the, weir- the, the weirdest yeah. thing is that they were winning this game at halftime, and I went, "Oh, yeah. Everton's gonna win." I've yeah. never, my never guy, my guy Adams, I called it, scored a goal, so that felt good. Yep. <laughs> so he of the twenty-eight goals in the championship, he's a tiny little guy, a five-foot-seven striker. So he needs to get on the ball. He's not going to mm-hmm. be winning headers. He's a tiny little, like a, a little craft and technician in the in this field. But if if Ward Prowse leaves, they're done. Uh, they're really living on like Jenepo and Theo Walcott are there for creativity on the wings and they've got that 4-4-2 but it's it's not it's not gonna look good there and real quick we talked about how sneaky good of a signing it was for Leicester but what we didn't talk about was the hole that it left in the middle of Southampton's back line Yannick (laughs) Vestergaard yeah not being there I think I think they're they're just being like let's let's cash out for this season Get the yeah. money for the players we've got. Go down, consolidate the. It sounds. It sounds to me like they're in a like very strategic. Hey, the pandemic murdered us. We're still in the Premier League. Let's sell our players. They're getting old, and let's reload. Go down yeah. and figure it out. Not that any team would do that on purpose, but maybe they're going. Hey, Ralph, you got this because we're gonna need you. So maybe they'll right. just fight it out. Maybe they'll be like. Maybe they'll just be like they're doing the calculations like. We're going to be better than three other teams, but I don't know who those three other teams are. 
<laughs> That's the scary uh, yeah. part, right? Yeah. I think it's like fair they're looking to say at, that... They're looking at Norwich going, we're fucking, we're better than them. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And they got to be looking at, because they're not, like, you look at the list here and it's like, you better fucking, like, Crystal Palace, I think, is is probably a danger team now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Norwich, obviously... I don't I don't worry about Leeds because they have a good manager. Burn Burnley. I I worry about Burnley, but Dyche finds a way. He finds man. A, in, yeah, he finds they're a in way. like they're in like you know they've been well, we in the talked about this. now. We, I know listen, we talked we, about it, but it's now seven, six, six years in a row. Like they haven't gone down in a really long time. They've been a in the Premier by the way, League since 2014, you 15. At, you yeah. had them at 12. So the way I see it is there's there's five to six contenders, right? There's yeah, but that was before Vestigard. Now I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Plus, I changed my mind. I was filling it out, and they were the one that was left. I was like, yeah, twelve, because it's no different. <laughs> I wasn't like uh, overthinking like where they were going to be. They were just there. I was like, oh, I didn't fill the twelfth spot yet. It could be Leeds. It could be it could be Everton. I don't know who the fuck it's going to be because you know how like we talked about from like eleven to twenty five, they're all the same. <laughs> But I, I do trust in Hassan Hudo. But if they're gonna if they're gonna be cashing out and just be like, yeah, we're reloading, then I'm worried, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to happen in the next 14 days, 15 days, 15 days yeah, uh, before the transfer window shuts. And and it's not just Southampton; it's Spurs, it's City, it's there's a lot of teams. Arsenal needs to find a striker. Which, by the way, as a quick aside, Tammy Abraham reportedly on already on his way to Roma. Why the fuck didn't Arsenal buy him? That doesn't make any sense to well, me. He Chelsea been... may not have. Chelsea may not have sold it to him. You they wouldn't I mean? have like, given a shit. They do well. They already sold Willian. They probably knew he was shit. Like they let. They're not going to let a good asset go. You know what I mean? They, yeah, I guess. Although, if I'm, I, I, I wouldn't go anywhere near fucking Mourinho if I was a player. I know. They got a lot for him though. That's the thing that's annoying. It's like forty million. Yeah. Oh no. Their 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 net spend is is even. And they spent a hundred million on one player. That's that fucking loan army, man. They got all those dudes out there, and they showcase them, and they sell them for fucking good money. I don't yeah. know. I think that the woman's name is Marina, some Russian operator, mm-hmm. Russian Marina Brabishkova, Tich Mitch. Uh, she's really good at running <laughs> that team. I don't know she who she is. I don't know what her plan is, but whatever Chelsea's system is, it is working. They mm-hmm. don't spend money that they don't have. But they do spend on young players, and they win, and they win, and they win. And listen, well, again, is- I respect. I also respect the woman's side. This is the thing that pisses me off when people kill all those our teams, like PSG and the the oil teams. They do a lot of good shit. Like they're running it right. What do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> like United basically fucking ditched their women's team, scumbags. They fucking really it apart. Yep. Like their for this season. Left. They gutted it. Huh. Isn't that gross? That's awful. It's like it's kind of weird. It costs nothing. It's the fucking laundry bill. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Clowns. Anyway. Interesting. Very United. interesting. Scumbags. Anyway, huh. we're, we're, we're petering out here. Well, we'll come back Thursday for the preview. It's going to be another great weekend. Um, next week, I believe the outstanding game. I had it in front of me. Will 
beat Chelsea Arsenal. That's a fucking winner go home for Arsenal. Like it's full <laughs> well, fucking crisis. And then they've got City, I think, or they've got somebody else yes, good they after have City that. City after that. They're in trouble. And yeah. uh, Norwich are going to get an ass whooping by City. And we've got we've got, um, we've got Nuno's on our mind for the five two. Nuno's homecoming hey. on Sunday. Oh, Nuno wonderful. goes back to Wolves. So right. that'll be interesting. Mike, give me give me a second and then give me my cue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Laurent, let's get out of here. Hey, there we go. <laughs> that was the Speaking Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple, please rate and review the show and be on the lookout for the live feeds of the show and the new no nose shirt. And I forgot to mention World War II. I am listening to the Rise and Fall of the Third Reich 50-hour podcast. Very Jesus. Excited. Wow. <laughs>